Welcome to the Travel Like a Boss podcast, where we interview location-independent entrepreneurs that travel the world like a boss by being their own boss. Here's your host, Johnny FD. Hey guys, it's Johnny and welcome to episode 208 of the Travel Like a Boss podcast. It's a really exciting episode because this is kind of like a one-year anniversary for the Dropship Partnership and I am with Sebastian from hey Germany. Hey this is Sebastian, hey. Welcome to the show, buddy. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and thanks for all the money you made us. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Dude, that was that was a fun journey. It, was it a year ago? Because it feels like such a long time ago. I would say it's exactly a year ago. When did we start meeting in the partnership? When was that? Like October something? I think we did. Yeah, so if uh, you guys haven't heard that episode, it, I'm trying to remember actually what when it was, but... Like it how? was October. It was October, and then we prepared for like uh, uh, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, Cyber Monday, and Monday. And um, okay, so do you remember how you even found me or the partnership? Like how? Like how? How did that all start? Well, I found you. I bought your book, so I actually I was looking for for a book on Amazon, uh, like a travel guide for Thailand, and I found your book. I, I started following you. I, I read the book. I, I followed you, and I, I learned about all the drop shipping and all the opportunities uh, that that are outside now nowadays. And I, I I don't know. I at a certain point I decided I wanted to do the same, and I came to Thailand and started a business. I guess uh, you made it happen. Oh, well. And then. Um, you announced the partnership, and I was like, "Man, that's exactly what I want to do." Did I did I announce it on the podcast or on a blog post? Do you I must have read it on a blog post. I don't honestly really listen to podcasts that much. <laughs> yeah, because I was just looking to see what episode podcast it was, and I don't think it was a podcast. I think it was a blog post. I think it was a blog. Yeah, it was a post. And okay. I saw that, I was like, "Man, I want to do that." And I applied immediately. I was like in this beautiful resort. I remember, and I I um. You asked us to record a video, like to introduce ourselves, and uh, I remember I did the the video, like beautiful waterfall in the background. I was like so happy to be in Thailand, so happy that I actually made it to move here and um, have an online business. And then, um, yeah, that's where I recorded the video. And, um, oh, nice! So you were already in Thailand. I was already there. Okay. Uh, I was making money online. I was drop shipping, but uh, I could. There was like I, I wasn't like I wasn't making money, but it was not. It could have been better. You know, something was missing. And I felt like the opportunity to, to learn from you and from, from all the others who were participating would give me such a, a better momentum. Yeah, I, I, I know exactly what you mean. I think a lot of times when people kind of first arrive and they're, I don't want to say they're alone because there's plenty of other people who are also working online. I think it's a big difference between hanging out with a bunch of people who either just started or haven't started yeah. a business yet and also being in a group of you know, people who have already and been openly successful. sharing. That makes a big difference. Like openly sharing, actually seeing the back end, being like, hey, look at this. This works for me. This didn't work. Hey, you should try this. Hey, I'm going to send you some code. You should implement that. That makes a huge difference. And that's one thing that I like about Chiang Mai. There's so many people dropshipping, doing similar businesses that you can learn from. And um, that helped me for sure. I don't, I don't think I would be here today uh, if I had tried to start the business like from home, like from Frankfurt, Germany, like being surrounded with all my great friends, but they had different fields, they like couldn't help me really. And um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it makes sense. I actually, so I just found the original post. I called it Dropshipping Partner Program. Oh, yeah. Last, was it, I guess, yeah, it was, uh, when was it? September. And basically, I wrote a blog post saying, this is my plan. I want to select, you know, five to 10 people to start new stores with, 
we'll all meet in Chiang Mai, we'll work together, and we'll, you know, people can live together if they want, or we can just meet up every day. And But I had a lot of requirements that first time, because I don't want to waste my time. And I was like, okay, like everyone has to have one store ready. Like they have to have X amount of revenue, and, you know, and everyone basically has to have um, some experience. And the reason why I wanted to do it was at that time I had already started and sold two stores on my own and I knew it would be nice to have another stream of income but also an, potentially a big exit. So if you guys have been following you know my blog or the podcast for a while, you'll know that you know for the last maybe five years or so during starting these dropshipping stores, I would make you know anywhere between two and five thousand dollars a month from the store. But what really was a nice paycheck, what really uh, a, like a, a big windfall was after you know running the stores for one or two years, I would sell it for 27 times monthly profit. And each time I got about $60,000 for the stores. And then I took all that money and invested it. And that started making me 10% a year from investments you know, pretty much for the rest of my life. And now... I have a few thousand dollars and just passive income from those investments, which, but I have all my free time. I don't have to run the stores anymore. I don't have to worry about customer service or, you know, Google changing their ad policies or my supply, supplier being out of stock or something. So I just thought it was a really good plan and idea to start some more stores with really the sole intention of selling them. But I didn't want to just do another one myself because I had done it so many times. I was kind of bored of it. And I thought, Hey, how, how cool it would be if I partnered with a bunch of people, took a percentage, helped them start the stores, and let them run it until it matured after about a year, and then resold it. And that's where you, you and a bunch of others. That's came exactly up. what we did. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I sold it after what was it, fourteen, fourteen months. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think I very briefly mentioned it on one of my um, income reports, but I didn't make a full post about it. Uh, and so I guess that this is the official announcement. Like. You know, we, we sold a store for $44,000. dollars 46, 46. Oh, nice. Something like that. I have to look at it. Yeah. I think it was 46 something. <laughs> or oh, even better. <laughs> Whatever. Well, but there were, but yeah, there were a bunch of fees. We, we, so we sold it through Empire Flippers. Yeah. So shout out to, to you guys. Um, let's actually talk about the process. Okay. Let, let's actually, before we even talk about the sale process, let's talk about the build process. Do you remember kind of way back, like how you we even came up with the niche or how you came up with the niche? And like, what? How did it all, all happen? So basically, we sat together uh, with uh, all the people from the partnership, uh, talked about niche ideas and uh, op- options, opportunities, and uh, we went for my niche. We we can't say it now because we both uh, signed a uh, NDA. But um, uh, it was um, the niche was okay. It was not the best niche in the world, and we we soon realized that we need to niche up a little bit. And that's what we did. And when we did that and added products that are a little bit more broad, um, the store started making money and um, bringing money in. And then I actually uh, took the same idea and duplicated it. I created a, a copycat store of my own store. It's probably something no one would ever do, but I did it. And that gave me a very nice, uh, that that gave me the opportunity to, to test my store, to split test, to, to really say, okay, what is actually better? Like which marketing technique is better? Which color is better? Whatever. I could split test and yeah, so in the end, I had two stores, pretty similar, uh, similar niche, uh, some products overlapping, and yeah, they make made good amount of money, and then we decided to sell in I don't remember, maybe April, okay. March, April, and uh, that took quite some some time, like to 
I first try to uh, sell it on my own. Like I try to avoid the, the broker's fee, which is quite high, 15%. Um, that didn't work. Like uh, I had a few people that were interested, but no one actually uh, bought the stores. So um, yeah, I decided to go with the uh, Empire Flippers. And, yeah, because uh, they have such a big audience. Yeah, they're... hungry buyers. <laughs> yeah, and they're really hungry to buy stuff too. Mm-hmm. I mean, so... Like they're they're a great place to look at businesses to to buy, but also to to sell your businesses. And you know, at the end of the day, like it's the cost of doing business, right? Like I'd rather have an extra fifteen percent, yeah. but at the same time, I'd rather have you know the forty five grand or something than zero or ha- have to yeah. deal with it, right? It was like I think I tried to sell the stores on my own for a couple of weeks, like, like I would say even two months, maybe. Um, no luck. And then when I started the process with them, and by the way, the process was ah, not not that easy. It was uh, kind of a hassle. But uh, the moment the store was online, I had, I think, like 16 uh, potential buyers, like people being actually interested in, and they, they have to make a deposit. It's not like they say, oh, I want the store, like send me information. No, they actually have to make a deposit. I think it was 500. I don't know. And um, then they get inside information, they get the URL, they get uh, the numbers, uh, access to analytics, and the store was sold within one day. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Wow, so within one day of yeah. it going live on Empire Flippers, it sold? Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. And we got a good multiple. I thought we actually were going to get a little I think little we had a less. 26. Was it? Okay. It was 26, yeah. That's pretty good, yeah. That's really close to the kind of what, what we were hoping what for. What we were hoping for, yeah. Yeah, so that's perfect. And... So I guess without getting, you know, without like exposing the URL or the, you know, the actual niche, just kind of give people an idea of the type of dropshipping store that we had started. It's not something that from like AliExpress. No, right? completely different. Like, you know, there's, there are different business models where people will dropship things from eBay, you know, from like, let's say Home Depot or something, uh, or they'll dropship things from China, from usually from AliExpress. They mark it up and they... Uh, you know, they sell it on their store. It could, be, could still be a Shopify store, but they'll sell it on their, their what they call a dropshipping store. To me, those are that's more arbitrage, you know, because you're not becoming an authorized dealer for that product. You know, you're not dealing with, you're not really caring about like, you know, the quality of the product or the, you know, or really even building up something long term. It's really just can I arbitrage the price difference between buying something for really cheap in China or buying something for full retail price on Home Depot, marking it up and then selling it for a little bit more. So the way that we both learned how to dropship is through Anton's course, antonmethod.com. And he has us become authorized dealers for actual good brands. Like some, these are brands. brands. Yeah. These are brands that you would buy at, you know, a lot of big box stores even like, I think. Oh yeah, I was competing with all the big ones. Do, do, do you know what some of the stores you're competing against? All of them, like Walmart. All of like them. Literally all Lowe's. of them. The niche that I was in, uh, all of the big ones were in the game. I was competing with all of them. Yeah, Amazon. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, and uh, you know, a lot of people are afraid that they say like, "Oh, it's 2018. It's almost 2019. Can is it still possible to drop ship because everyone's doing it?" I. I give them the same answer I gave them in 2013 when I started, and people asked the exact same thing. People were asking back in 2013. It's like five years ago. They're like, "Oh, you know, Johnny. Like, you know, I see that you know you started one and you're successful, but you know, isn't it too late now? Aren't there a lot of people doing it? Anton's teaching it now. So there's you know hundreds of people doing it. And I at the time I was like, oh, I don't know. Maybe you know, maybe you're right, right? Maybe you know, 
It's like maybe you should do something else. Those people still haven't done anything because every time they find something new, they always find reasons not to start it. In the meantime, I've personally started and sold two stores. I've had a couple of partners, you know, we had we had a bunch of partner stores start and, and sell as well. And I've met, you know, literally hundreds of people who have started way later, 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018, who are successful. Like, what are your thoughts on that? I think the key, the key here is many people think it's it's just like another make money online, easy and quick thing. No, it's not. It's a full time job. And basically, if if you commit, if you go all in, and if you have the money to support you over the first couple of months, because most likely you are not going to make money immediately, then it can work. If you put in the work, uh, it can. But uh, yeah, m- many people fail, and I see people failing all the time. But also, I see people succeeding. Uh, it worked for me. It worked for my friends. Uh, some do better than others. Uh, it really depends. It really depends on you. It depends on how you do it, how you set it up, who you surround yourself with, uh, and how much work you're actually willing to put in. I see many people come, coming to Thailand, and they enjoy themselves here. They party. You know, they travel. But they don't really put in the work. And that's not most likely not how you're going to end up making money. For some, that might work. For most, it just doesn't. So... Um, I guess not. I don't think it's too late. It's not, you got to adapt. Like you have to change your marketing. You have to get better. You have to be uh, flexible and, and learn. It's, it's a daily process of learning. And it's, if you don't like that, if you don't like to look at a computer screen for 10 hours or more, then don't do it. You're not going to be happy with it. And I see many people coming from like different kind of jobs or like different backgrounds, which is, which is fine. You don't need any knowledge at all. Like I, I, I didn't have any knowledge. Um, but I see many people just not being able to do the, the daily tasks just because they, they expected something else. They expected they would, I don't know, do the four-hour work week and then make money extremely quickly without actually putting in the work. And that's not how it, how it goes. Yeah. But you know, the, the nice thing about having an online store, uh, especially with you know, like an online business like dropshipping, is even though you're not going to be living the four-hour work week when you start, you know, you'll probably be living the 40 to 80 hour work week because it's oh, your yeah. business. You're, you know, you, you don't have to work, but you want to. Yeah. It's exciting. You're looking right? forward to a Monday when it's Friday. You're like, Oh damn, it's Friday again. I could use another day. Yeah. Especially <laughs> when you like start getting sales and you're yeah. like, Oh my God, I can, I can do this, you know? And, um, but what's nice is once it's going, like, I think there's a couple, couple stages, right? In, yeah. in my experience, we have the building stage, which is usually about two months to yeah. kind of get it up and running, start getting the, at least the first sale. So you're like, okay, this kind of works. Then another month or two of kind of the optimizing stage yeah. where we try to go from having you know one sale here and there to having consistent sales every day to you kind of squeeze the most out of it, have the best conversion rates so you know we can get our ad spend down while getting the most amount of, of revenue, which equals just higher profit margins. Uh, and then doing as much as we can to either automate tasks or hire VAs and outsource. And that takes another one or two months. So the first four months, I, I don't think anyone should expect to work a four-hour work week. No, not at all. <laughs> yeah. However, what's nice is after that, it's kind of set up. It's not that you can live a four-hour work week forever. But let's say you wanted to go you know, home to Germany on vacation or you wanted to go scuba diving on the beach somewhere. You could actually just bring your laptop and just check in, you know, for an hour a day, and the store will still run fine. I've done that so many times. 
Like I, I try to work a lot, but sometimes you just don't feel like working or you, like friends come over and they're on vacation, you join them. And it's usually not planned ahead. It's just like, hey, we're in Thailand. You want to join? And you're like, yeah, why not? Let's do it. And then you don't work. Like you check the emails, like you forward orders, but you wouldn't like do anything fancy. Like you just really just the basics. And then, yeah, you basically work an hour, maybe two a day. Yeah. So I had three stores uh, and I, I think I was working about 30 minutes to an hour per store per day about that's what you that's what i put in uh when it comes to like work hours and then on top of that of course you yeah you may want to do some like you educate yourself i wouldn't like i would recommend that like watch the watch marketing videos see what others are doing uh go to go to meetups uh, see what's out there um but yeah like if just the core work that needs to get done like after the couple of months uh, first few months it's fine it's not too much yeah, like I, I could I could run three stores at the time. Then yeah. you can definitely do one. <laughs> yeah, easy. Yeah. <laughs> well, what are some random places you've actually worked from? Like after it was after the first couple of months of setting setting up. Not too many random places. More like what I enjoy is the opportunity, the option to to work whenever I want. Like whenever there's like you, you know when you're traveling and you're like waiting at the airport for two hours and you don't know what to do. And usually, what what do you do? You you read. You're on Facebook. You waste your time, right? And now I just open my laptop and I get work done and I go into the plane and I know, well, I'm, I'm, I'm good for the day. Like I'm done. That feels good. That feels nice. And besides that, yeah, I mean, beautiful islands, Thailand, uh, beautiful resorts. I never worked from the beach. You only see that in the pictures. That's not real guys. You know, <laughs> no, mess don't do that. <laughs> I've actually worked from like, oh, come on, a, from the beach. I've worked from the beach. Okay, not for like a day. Right. No, but like, an I remember I was walking on a beach and I thought of something that I wanted to do, mm. like a small change. And I didn't want, I was so excited about it. I didn't want oh, okay. to stop. So I literally pulled out my laptop, went on 3G, <laughs> did like 10 minutes of work and yeah. then put it back and just continue cool. my day. And I actually remember uh, hearing some people walk by, like, you know, pointing out like, oh man, these like young folks can work from anywhere now. <laughs> nice. And I, yeah, it's yeah. true. We can. Aside from that, I've worked. I remember going. So I like scuba dive a lot. Mm -hmm. So, and unfortunately, most places with good scuba diving have terrible Wi-Fi. Yeah, I remember the worst Wi-Fi I've ever had in my life was at a resort in Borneo. So it was on a little island called Mabul. You guys can look it up. It's uh, Malaysian Borneo. It's where people have recently been kidnapped by pirates. So that's probably what they're most famous <laughs> for. And they, the resort has Wi-Fi, and I brought uh, a SIM card as a backup for 3G. Unfortunately, if there's more than 10 people connected, it just doesn't work, like, at all. Like, like you can't even load email. And the problem is people just auto-connect, you know, on their phones. So even if they're not really actively using it, just during, the, during, like, normal hours, everyone's connected, and it's not working for anyone. But... I had to fulfill orders. I had to do my own customer service. You know, I had a, you know, I had a VA doing some things. I had some automation doing some things, but I still needed to log in physically and I just couldn't do it. So, but I was there for a week and I wanted those, you know, orders fulfilled. So what I, what I do, I woke up every day at 4.30 or 5.30 in the morning <laughs> before anybody was awake. I did an, like, you know, I did probably 
it took me an hour to do like 20 minutes worth of work just because the internet was, was still pretty slow. But I would fulfill the orders, answer the couple customer service emails. And then by like 6.30 a.m. Yeah, I, I think I woke up at 5.30. I, woke, I worked from 5.30 to 6.30. And by 6.30 a.m. when people started to wake up and have breakfast, I put down the laptop and I was like, okay, I'm done for the day. Yeah, sounds familiar. Yeah. I've done the same thing on a dive boat in Komodo in the middle of the ocean. We had 3G. So I would – and it was like, a, you know, sometimes you're on the boat for like three or four hours in the morning to get to the next dive site. So I connected to 3G and I would tether and I would just do the, do my work there. I do that all the time. I love how fast the internet is in Thailand. Like you just need a SIM card. Um, I don't I don't understand how people like complain about the Wi-Fi and the resorts all the time. I'm like, I don't care because I tether. It's so cheap. It's so fast. Even on the islands, no problem at all. And you, yeah, you can literally use the internet like the white, the, 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 the 3G or 4G on a boat. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, yeah. And how much do you pay a month for your cell phone plan? Dude, I don't even know. Maybe $20. Yeah. And, and for, I've used like 50 gigabytes of data. Wow. Like fast, like high speed, like 140 down. What, what, I don't even know. Which company do you use? Uh, true. True. Okay, I have true as They're well. the fastest, yeah. uh, not the cheapest, but the yeah. fastest. And, and if the, you want cheap, go for AIS. Yeah. yeah. And they're the most reliable across Thailand. So yeah. if you're just in Chiang Mai, you can use AIS. But if you want to go down the islands, if you want to work, work from a boat, yeah. <laughs> get true. Get true, yeah. It's worth it. How much would you know those like that much data be in Germany? Dude, don't even ask. Like that makes me so angry, that topic. <laughs> <laughs> I think I paid like uh twenty twenty euro, which is like twenty four dollars or so, uh for like four gigabyte or something. Um I ended up so I was in Germany and traveling all over Europe this summer and I ended up actually using my Malta SIM card in Germany because it was cheaper. You know, they have like open laws now. You can, you can buy a SIM card in one country and can use it in the next country and they are not supposed to, not allowed to, to charge more. So I didn't really realize that before, but yeah, you can go to a cheaper country, get a SIM card there. And when it comes to data and, and mobile phones, any country is cheaper than Germany. So get a SIM card somewhere else. And then I brought it back. I used my, my Vodafone Malta SIM card <laughs> all summer long. I was much cheaper, but still more expensive than here. Of course. Yeah. And, you know, we're lucky that the EU implemented that law last year because I remember going three years ago. Oh, yeah. And every country, different. you know, which is sometimes just like an hour away, mm -hmm. it required a new SIM card. And yeah. each time I wanted a SIM card, it was 20 euros. So, like, $25 to register. It yeah. would take a few hours to activate. And it came with, like, two gigabytes. Or even worse, if you live at the border or if you're just, like pass by like let's say you're on the autobahn like you're driving and you you're close to the border and yeah the the carrier might switch even though you're still in germany it might switch and you pay you used to pay the, the out of country wow. roaming yeah you got to be careful about That's that so annoying. not anymore now it's fine so i like that well like in the like the u.s our internet slow and expensive too yeah i remember this time when i went back i paid what was it like 45 dollars but for like not even four gigs, and it was like not that fast. Yeah. So here, literally, it's half the price, double the speed, and I double work the data. Faster here, I literally work faster. Yeah. Uh, even Germany, it's slow. If you got 15 Mbit down, that's fast for like most bigger cities in Germany. Like in theory, it's super fast, and you got 80 or 150, but that never works. At my parents' house, we were, I think, like. Me, the three of us, me, my, me, mom, my mom, and my dad were trying to check email at the same time, and it just wouldn't work. And I was like, 
what how, like what package are you guys on? And they're like, I don't know. So I, I did a speed test. It's like, okay, nobody like nobody touch your phone. I'm gonna do a speed test. One point three megabytes down. It's like two thousand three. Point three megabytes up. <laughs> And I said, how much are you guys paying? And they said, like, oh, 50 or $60 a month. <laughs> I was so angry that I immediately – I was gonna, just going to cancel it. But then luckily I was like, okay, like, let me let me just find an alternative first. Mm-hmm. So I, luckily I found a company called Sonic that's, you know, like gigabyte, you know, like gigabyte uh, fiber. So I signed up for them. I was so excited. But it takes three weeks to have an appointment. And then I was going to be gone by then. So I was like, okay, when they come – like, make sure they install it, and as soon as they install it, test it, and if it works, cancel AT&T, because you're getting ripped off. And this was going to be my present to them. I was going to pay their monthly bill. It was only going to be 40 or $45 a month for... And I remember them asking, like, oh, how much faster is it? Is it, like, twice as fast? And I was like, no. It is literally... And I did the math. I was like, it's literally 968 times faster. <laughs> So it was gonna be like a thousand. Like <laughs> not that they're gonna use it, but yeah, <laughs> they could. And then, and it was gonna be cheaper. Yeah. And unfortunately, it took so long for them to come that I was out of the. I was already gone. And this is how they kind of keep people in their traps. People were kind of lazy, you know. My they came to install, and they're like, "Okay, you guys need to move everything out of your living room so we can drill a hole and run the the cable." And my parents, unfortunately, were like, "Oh no, it's too much work. Let's not do it." But that's why these companies are still in business is because, yeah. you know, like people are content back home. Like they, they're just content with like the shackles that society puts on us. And also they've never seen how great it could be yeah. in different countries. Like if you travel a lot, you're like, oh my God, this is so great. Why don't we have that? I remember seeing a post of yours where you're going to go home to Germany for three months. <laughs> I think you wanted to go to Berlin for three months or something. And... You were posting about how annoying it is to try to find an apartment. Yeah. And then you wrote a post saying, screw it. And then you were back in Chiang Mai. Yeah. You said it was literally cheaper and easier for you to fly to Thailand. I booked the next day flight, Thai Airways, $900, one way. When I realized that I couldn't find the apartment that I wanted, and it was such a hassle. It was so complicated. Like, they wanted contracts and a deposit. And, like, you know, here you walk into an apartment building, you say, hey, can I see a room? And they show you the room, and either you take it or you don't. And it's so simple. Uh, and then if you, you want to, like, some buildings, they require contracts and stuff. Uh, but it's basically still, it's so simple here. And then back in Germany, it's so complicated. And I was so pissed. That what I did they, like, why was it complicated? What do they want? Well, first of all, like I'm from Frankfurt, so I, I think I was looking for an apartment in Frankfurt and I just couldn't find what I was looking for at a reasonable price. Of course, I could have just booked an Airbnb for like 3000 a month, but being from Frankfurt, knowing that the kind of room that I would get for 3000 only costs 800 usually kind of didn't want me made. Like I didn't want to pay that. You don't and want to I, get ripped off. No, I don't want to get ripped off. Yeah. And then I couldn't, couldn't find what I was looking for and it was just complicated and you, it wasn't flexible. I couldn't just say, yeah, I'm, I'm going to start booking from now and, and I, I let you know when I leave. That's not possible. So at a certain point, I was like, fuck that. I just went to Thailand and uh, <laughs> booked the next day flight. And I, I, sit, I think I only stayed for three weeks and then I went back. I had to go back to a wedding. So I knew I could only like stay a certain amount of time. Wow. So you were that annoyed. Yeah, that I you was that annoyed. You here just for three weeks. <laughs> three weeks. <laughs> And then back to Germany for another, I think it was another week. I don't remember, but uh, yeah, something like that. <laughs> but you know, I understand your frustrations. Yeah. You know, and life then, here is so easy. Yeah. Uh, you get used to that. Like everything comes easy and cheap. 
and you get used to that. And then when you go somewhere else and it's not easy, then you're like, why am I doing that? Why did I leave? Like, why did I go anywhere else? Yeah. I mean, traveling is great. Don't get me wrong. But um, it's just sometimes things are much more complicated in other countries. And part of it is just being unnecessarily complicated. Like, mm-hmm. I understand not everywhere in the world is going to be as cheap as Thailand. Yeah, of course not. You know? And it's kind of almost bad for me to start expecting food to be a dollar or two dollars <laughs> for lunch or something because it's kind of unrealistic. Yeah. However, I think a lot of places are unnecessarily com- like complicated. There's bureaucracy. There's stupid contracts. They're just like rules that don't need to be there. And that's what frustrates me. And that's yeah. what makes me not want to live in other countries. And this is what makes me so happy when I come back to Thailand. It just – it frees up so much mental space and so much just time doing, you know, bull crap that it allows us to focus on what's important, you know. And if that's building a business and that's starting, a you know, a dropshipping store or really any business, that gives us so much, you know, freedom to just say, okay, I'm going to wake up. I'm going to have a $1 breakfast. I'm going to work at a, a great cafe. Which takes them five space. minutes to prepare. Oh, yeah. So fast. Right. On the way, you yeah. know. You don't there's waste no, any time. There's no you know, commuting. You can just walk or you can take a scooter or you can yeah. take, you know. And it's like I have all the whole day just to do what I need to do. And then I can go get a massage. Do you ever have that that you don't know what to do? You're like – it's 4 p.m. I don't feel like working. What am I going to do? Do you ever have that? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I go get a foot massage. Yeah, or swimming or something. <laughs> you know, yeah. Or like, I remember, I'm sure it's the same in Germany and probably a lot, you know, where you guys are listening from. It just seems like there's a lot of errands to run all the time. Like a lot of like, crap. Yeah. Like, I remember going back to, to California and my friends, you know, were like, oh yeah, we can hang out later, but I, I got to do some errands. I'm like, well, like, what errands? Like, I haven't had to do errands since I moved to Thailand. <laughs> and it's like little things. Like yeah, I know. go here, go there, buy you know, buy this, drop this off, return this, exchange this, sign this. I'm like, I don't do any of that. I, I literally have no responsibilities when I'm in Thailand. Mm-hmm. So if I wanted to just work all day, you can. I can. Yeah. And, I, and if I wanted just to rest, I can. Yeah, I agree. But even though it's this great here, for the first time ever, like since I uh, left Germany, um, this year I felt really good when I came home. It felt good. The air was so clean. And I, I like Frankfurt. It's, it's a great city. It's, it's, and also my hometown, which is a different city. Like it's just, it's great to be there. Like it's great to see friends. It's uh, great to have a, an organized life <laughs> because like in, here it's not very organized sometimes. Like everything around you, it's loud, it's hectic, it's, uh, it's dirty. It's Thailand. I love it, but sometimes it just felt really good to go into like like a place back home. I know how it works there. I have many friends there, like long term. Air's great. The weather was nice, so it was perfect timing to go there. Felt good, but then also at a certain time, I was like, yeah, I could go back now, <laughs> back to Chiang Mai. Yeah, I think Chiang Mai is one of those places where you kind of have to leave it sometimes to mm-hmm. remember how much you love it. I agree, and how great it is. Yeah. You know, and I don't think get that, stuck. Like some people get stuck yeah. here. Like you have to travel it. You have to get out sometimes. But it's great to return, and it's great to see many people returning. Actually, like this year, everyone's here. Literally, it's everyone. so funny. Yeah. I got back, and like it feels like I, I had paused time when I left. <laughs> yeah. Because I, you know, I know the world doesn't revolve around me, but it feels like we're in some simulation where I literally paused the game, went for nine months to Europe and Was to the that US. Long? It was a long time. I left in last February. Nice. And 
when I got back, it seemed like everybody was either still here or like arriving back. Mm-hmm. So it felt like nothing had changed. <laughs> it was great. I love Amazing. it. Yeah. Yeah. Similar for me. Yeah. But I, I do agree that it's bad when people never leave and they just stick around year round for years and years because what happens is it's easy to get a little bit jaded. It's a little bit to start kind of uh, complaining about things. The way I see it, you need to spend money outside of Thailand and Chiang Mai. Like you need to spend in the spend money in the real world to see what it costs. Otherwise, you're you're gonna have low expectations because here everything's cheap. You don't need to make much money, right? Yeah. But if you're outside and you're spending three, four, five k a month, and then you're like, damn, I need to make more money. Yeah, and I think that's, and then you do it. Yeah. You actually sit down and you yeah. work and you do make more money. I think that's good. Yeah, I th- I think everyone's goal should be. To be able to afford an expensive city, yeah, but then choose not, not to. to. I agree. And take that money to either invest it, you know, or to buy experiences instead, or to, you know, donate save it up. to save, save you know, whatever you yeah. want. But I think it's bad when someone is just getting can only live in Thailand, and then this becomes their only option, and then. If you mention, oh, you know, let's go to Europe for the summer, and not only do they, you know, it'd be okay if they said, oh, you know what, I can't, I need to work and and um, you know build my business so I can afford it next year, or I can, you know, I can afford it in the future. That's okay, but in general, you would hear like, no, I don't want to go there. Fuck, you know, fuck, you know, that place. <laughs> and when people get stuck in that mentality, they're not very happy long term, and also it really limits their freedom to see other cool places because. You know, Germany. You know, honestly, I like Germany. I, I probably end up there every year for one reason or another. And when I'm there, I enjoy it. You know, and like sure, I don't like paying thirty dollars for a taxi. Yeah, I actually, I really hate it. <laughs> but <laughs> at the same time, I'm glad that I could afford it during you know that week or two I'm there. And then when I go somewhere else, I'm like, okay, you know, that was fun. But let me. No, it's fun to see yeah. new places and and also return to places that you've visited already, but that you like. And then, yeah, it's. Um, I think it's good to broaden like your mentality and spectrum. It's just yeah. don't get stuck wherever you are. And um, I like the traveling part of my life definitely. And uh, most of the time, it's like, oh yeah, like Budapest, for example. I went to Budapest. I didn't like it too much, to be honest. But still, it was a great experience. It was a fun week to be there. Uh, it. I learned like a lot. Again, like. So it's always good. Yeah. You travel and, and then you don't have to stay there. For me, it was just a week. And then mm-hmm. uh, next next step. But um, yeah. So I'm curious. What did you do with the, the big windfall of cash? Because I think even after all the fees from um, you know, selling the store and then you know, like having you know, my, my cut, my percentage, you still ended up with you know, 30 grand or something like something what you like do with that. It? To be honest, nothing. It's still on my account. I, I bought a new MacBook. Uh, nice. That's pretty much, pretty, <laughs> pretty much it. Um, I never intended to touch it. Uh, that's like, I'm saving that for later. Like I don't want to be working as hard as I'm working now the rest of my life. So I guess I'm, I'm, I'm basically usually living pretty cheap. Um, yeah, summer that, was expensive though. Yeah. yeah. I did a lot of traveling, but, um, no, I didn't touch it. That's smart. Yeah, it's still literally in my Bank of America uh, bank account. Okay, <laughs> well, you, you should probably invest in something. Just like yeah, you know. I should, I should. But then also, it's a good buffer. You know, it's a it's a good buffer like for the business. And uh, whenever something happens, something bad would happen. I hope nothing's going to happen, but you never know. And it's a good buffer just to have on your account. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think everyone should have six months of living expenses. Yeah. In liquid 
kind of liquid money. Yeah, when it comes to business, you, yeah. I don't know if you're doing drop shipping. I'll give you an example. Like some of my suppliers, they just charge me every couple of months and then it's 20, 30K. Well, I don't care because I knew it was coming and um, you should have that kind of money on your account. Like, mm-hmm. like just as a buffer. Imagine you get a like a big order, like someone wants, I don't know, a school is ordering from you, like whatever product they want or government, whatever, um, and they require some kind of upfront payment and they order a big quantity. How are you going to pay that if you don't have any money on your account? You know what's actually crazy is I've actually experienced this with some people before where they came to me and they're like, oh man, they're like, I'm having, you know, some yeah. problems with my job shipping store. And I was like, oh, what's the problem? And they're like, yeah, I got this huge order from some government. Yeah, I can't find a supplier. And <laughs> exactly. yeah, I like, and so what's nice about job shipping is normally the way it works. If someone, if it's not like, let's say a government order, let's just say like a normal order, somebody buys the product from your store, you know, you get that payment through Shopify payments, usually within There's three like to seven, seven days. There's like a seven-day gap sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So like three to seven days, kind of depending on how long you've been in business. In the beginning, you go, you're on a buffer for seven days because yeah. they don't know you. They don't trust you yet. But you have – but basically the supplier doesn't charge you until they ship it. And then you can charge it on your credit card, which means you get 30 days to pay it interest-free. So kind of in reality, you get at least 30 days to pay off that – you know, that product, but the money is deposited within seven days. So that, you know, so that means, you know, unless there's some big problem with like PayPal, sometimes will like flag someone's account, you know, they see you logging from Thailand, you have to call them in, you know, that might be a problem in the beginning. So for me, that's different because I'm German. I don't get a credit card in the States. So I have to pay exactly like immediately. Wow. Really? And you can't use a German credit card? Uh, Well, that would not be linked to the U.S. business. And also my suppliers would be like, why are you using an out of out of the country credit card? No, it's not good. Oh, that's so weird. Use a local credit card. Don't like have them ask any questions. It's the best way. Would to they do even it. know? Because wouldn't it just be a, a Mastercard or a Visa? That's a good point. They might not have even known. Um, they might see like uh, this card runs on a different currency when they try to charge it. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if they would care. But yeah, you know, in the beginning, I understand. That's kind of a unique position, right? I think most yeah. people are selling. For most people, it doesn't matter. Like, But for like for any out of, uh, like any person, and any non-US person doing business in the US will know what I'm talking about. Like there's a lot of more you need to think about when you start up. Yeah. And I guess that makes more sense. more complicated, but it's possible. It's possible. Yeah. Like I just keep more money in my account. Like okay. I just said, and if there's a big order coming in that I have to pay immediately, I don't mind. Okay. I, I can. I guess you know what? Like for, for most people, they don't have to have that problem. It's because if they're, I think even can, like all the Canadians I've known have just paid on their Canadian credit card. It was never a big deal. Well, Canada and US is different. Yeah. That's, I guess that's simpler, similar. but like, uh, but yeah, I understand if you're German selling yeah. in the US. Uh, but in general, you know, if you're selling in your home country, you know, if you're American, selling in, you shouldn't have any issues in the U.S. Yeah, you get you basically you get 30 days. And also, some suppliers don't charge you immediately anyway. Like some of my suppliers sent me an invoice every couple of months. Others charge me immediately. It depends, and you can argue about it. Like you can ask them, "Hey, can you just make it easier for everyone and yeah. just charge me once a month?" And then, bam, there you are. You got credit. Yeah, exactly. Just try it. I think the only um, issue that someone had was. With governments, for whatever reason, they're used to having like net 90 terms or net 30 terms, which basically means they'll pay you later. Yeah. I think in those cases, honestly, I would just tell them like, look. That's not possible. Like, <laughs> it's not possible. Like, I'm not going to trust. Like, it's not that I don't trust you, you know. You never but know. if you want to buy it, you need to just pay up front. And I've actually had that happen before where they insisted on us invoicing them for like, 
you know, 90 days later, 60 days later. And I just said to them, like, hey, we would love your business, but you need, you need to put on a credit card or something. And they, they found one. They eventually used the school credit card and then it was the same as any other order. It's usually possible, but it's, uh, it's easier for them if, uh, you do the 90 net terms. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. But it's cool that you, you took that money and now you have a buffer. Cause did you, ha- like, did you have a buffer before that? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you're pretty smart with your money. Okay. Well, I, sometimes I spend more than I want to, especially for traveling, but that's fine. So I've actually, for whatever reason, I, Every time I sold one of my dropshipping stores, I thought of that money as not like going into my normal account. I always thought of it as I'm going to put a hundred percent of this into investments. That's smart. And usually because that was money that I wasn't expecting to get anyways. So you don't need it. So I don't need it. Good. So I always ha- I have like my savings account where I have six months of living expenses kind of on the side, you know, especially because I can live cheaply in Thailand. But then every time I sold a store, I just said, okay, you know, I have 57 grand from this, this sale or, you know, 11 grand from this sale. Let me put a hundred percent of it towards an investment. And so far in those maybe three or four years that I've had like 150 grand in these investments, it's now made me another 50 grand. Cool. Which is insane. Like, and I don't think a lot of people realize how cool that is. Yeah. <laughs> Where I basically done zero work. <laughs> The last four years. That feels good, huh? Because <laughs> like it just yeah, it doesn't take any time to invest in something. You just yeah. kind of buy it and you forget about it. Yeah. And then it grows on its own. And it's not just that I like I get you know ten percent a year on average for a couple years. It is literally for the rest of my life. And like and then I can pass this down to like my kids, you know, in the future. It is crazy. Mm-hmm. Like this is you know this is when people complain about like the rich get richer. It really is true. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, I should do that. I gotta look into that. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll, we'll talk about this afterwards. And yeah. if you guys want to know more about investing, check out the other podcast. It's called Invest Like a Boss. We're about to do a quarterly update uh, and just kind of share what's been working, what what hasn't been working. Uh, but I think this is kind of digital nomad 2.0, where passive income. I think the idea of passive income through the traditional nomad businesses is a little bit of a fallacy, where Yes, it's possible we can go scuba diving for a week, check email from a boat, and then still make money. That's true. You know, yes, there's some businesses that are a little bit more hands off than others. Uh, and if you think about it, just because of the time zone difference, most of our sales actually come through when we're not at the computer. You know, most of the, the sales are coming through overnight when we're sleeping. So in, in that, in that case, it is passive. However, the next morning, you're going to have to sit down and actually process exactly. the orders, message people back, see what's in stock. Or even make sure your yeah. VA did it. Or that. <laughs> That's true. So, yeah, I haven't really yeah. had much success with like or outsourcing uh, like all of the customer service and ordering parts. Uh, my VA made, a, made many mistakes, which uh, was kind of expensive, like expensive mistakes. So I actually went back to doing everything myself again. And I don't regret it because I've like, now that I really know my process and I kicked out a few suppliers that just weren't like painful to work with. And, um, yeah, now it's fine. Like I, I, like if I compare last year, three stores, that was like uh, 14, 16 hours a day doing it myself too much because like high order volume, like high season. And then just a year later, that was like maximum three hours a day. Same kind of work. Same. 
just because I, I changed the process, I made it easier and I kicked out a few suppliers. That's it. So, yeah. But yeah, it's, it is smart to outsource. If, yeah. So for all my stores, the only things I would outsource, I would always fulfill the orders myself just because that's the mistake that I made. Yeah. Yeah. I learned that hard. <laughs> I mean, it also doesn't take that much time. You literally just like yeah. forward an email. But what it allows us to do is allows us to kind of, kind of like approve it almost, you know, approve the order, make sure like there's nothing kind of wrong or messed up. But what I would have my VAs do, I would have one person doing all the customer service, especially answering the phones. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, I never did that myself. Yeah. yeah. Especially because yeah. we were in the wrong time zone. Yeah. And then second, I would have an accountant basically go in and just fill in the numbers for me. So like every time we would, I would get an invoice, you know, a shipping quote or something or, um, you know, or even a sale, they would go in and just enter the, the numbers on a spreadsheet. And then I would just double check it at the end of the month, mm-hmm. you know, and that saved me a lot of time. And emails. You can easily have a VA just respond to emails because let's face it, most emails that come in are not very hard to respond to. It's like, hey, where's my order? Uh, has it shipped yet? Uh, and mostly it's because e- our emails go to junk. <laughs> like the customer just didn't read the email, like the confirmation. So they don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. So you can easily outsource that too. Yeah. So definitely a lot of things that can be done. Yeah. Um, so we got to celebrate. It was uh, just your birthday last week. Oh, yeah. And we sold the store. So I think we need to go out and get some Sang Song one of these Let's days. Let's do it. <laughs> Dude, I love that stuff. I don't know why. People actually call me Sang Song, Sang Song Sep. <laughs> no, I like that stuff. Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely say I love it. Uh, we can buy a lot of bottles of Sang Song for the money we made. <laughs> yeah. Too many. So I actually didn't know what we were going to talk about this episode, you know, besides kind of just sharing the details of how, how it all worked. Uh, but literally right before, like a minute before I said to Sebastian, I was like, Hey, look, a bunch of people have already asked me if we're going to do another dropship partnership this year. And I told everyone no, because I don't really have the time or energy to, to deal with it. And to be honest, it was kind of, it was a lot of effort. It was a lot of work, you know, especially cause I personally like get attached to people, you know, like, cause you know, you get to know them like as friends. But also you want to see them succeed. And, you know, if they succeed, then there's a financial interest in it. So it wasn't just like, you know, help, you know, help organizing it. It was like, it was almost kind of like emotionally, I was kind of invested with like 10 people. And the problem is, it was the way that it was structured last year, every, like I required everyone to already had experience. So everyone, pretty much everyone came with one store and, you know, I didn't realize, you know, I guess in retrospect, it's pretty clear. But that's always going to be the priority because they own 100% of it. It's already up and running. It's already making sales. So whatever I would teach them, you know, during the the weekly or you know twice a week meetups, they would first do it to their own store before doing it to the next to our store, and that caused a lot of issues. And especially because when it works, they're like, oh, now I'm so busy because I have so many more sales for my original store. I don't have time for the second store, and that's why. I was thinking, okay, if I was going to do it again, I, I got to kind of change it around a bit to make it, you know, kind of more fair for everyone. So just literally a minute before we, we got on, we just quickly talked about it and say, hey, you know, if we do it again, how should we do it? And then do you want to help me with it? Because Sebastian, not only has he been through the whole program, so he knows how, how it works, you know, he's successful with dropshipping stores and he's a fucking ninja when it comes to things like, like ads in the back end. So <laughs> thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah. And so I was like, okay, you know what? Let's 
let's team up. Let's let's do something together and let's open it up to everybody, not just people with a store already. You know, obviously I don't want to have to teach everyone everything from from the beginning because it's just going to take too much time and honestly it's easier for you just to watch, you know, Anton's like, you know, videos like screen sharing and he can kind of walk you through everything. But I think that's going to be the only real requirement is I want people to have kind of the basics down already. So if you guys are part of Anton's course or if you guys sign up for it before coming and you promise to watch, you know, the videos on your own time, I think anybody's going to be allowed to apply this year. Yeah, I like the idea. And when you mentioned it, I was like, yeah, that sounds really good. Okay. And it's smart to open it for less skilled people like because anyone can do it. And yeah, I agree. Like if you have one or more stores running already, yeah, your priorities might be different. Yeah. I, I think so as well. So the way it's going to work is instead of kind of just having, you know, opening up for people and saying like, okay, if you guys follow through, then maybe in a year I might get paid for my efforts. <laughs> what we're going to do is we're going to take a, a deposit up front and we're going to say, if you do go, you know, uh, go through the whole program and you sell the store, you'll get that money back. And that way... If you did actually do the work, you did everything. I'm not going to charge you guys for, you know, for the for the class or for, for the organization. But if you guys basically you know, show up and drop out, and you decide you want to, you know, start a YouTube channel about you know vegan fitness or something else, then hey, that's that's on you guys. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to put together a something on JohnnyFD.com. Uh, I'm going to write a blog post with all the details. So if you guys are interested in how it's going to work, what's required, and you guys want to apply, just go look at the blog post on johnnyfd.com. Uh, I'll try to have a link to it in the show notes here as well. But I think it's going to be exciting. I think we're going to start next month, uh, maybe sometime in November. Yeah, same schedule like last year. It's, yeah. I mean, now it's Q4. Uh, yeah. Now is when the sales are going to come in. So, yeah. I think it's going to be exciting. Yeah, Sebastian's going to help with his ninja skills. I'm going to help, you know, kind of with the overview. Uh, we're going to put some work in. Yeah. Like serious work. <laughs> so I really think there's no reason why every single person who signs up, and we're going to limit it. I think we'll maximum yeah. 10 people. But, you know, and I'm sure one or two people are going to, you know, say like, oh, you know, I, have, I want to move back to Germany or something. But in general, I think if you guys actually stick to it and you guys do what's required, you follow what we we have to teach you as and you're willing to put in the work because at the end of the day we're not gonna do the work for you you're gonna have to you're gonna have to be personally responsible but we will guide you every step of the way we'll make sure you don't get stuck anywhere and we'll make sure that you scale up the store you know as big as possible because we'll have a financial financial interest we'll, we'll have a percentage of the store as well and that way you know that we want it to succeed so at the end of the year you know or even when profits start coming in We'll get a cut of that. And at the end of the year, when we sell the store, we'll all be able to have a big payday and be able to celebrate. Yeah, that sounds really good. Yeah, I love it. So check out the blog post. Uh, if you want to apply, johnnyfd.com. And if you haven't joined Anton's course yet, you can check it out and sign up at antonmethod.com. I think it's dropshiftlifestyle.com nowadays. Ah, well, you can just go to Anton's course. <laughs> but he probably yeah. has a redirect. Yeah, redirect. <laughs> Actually, I don't know if you know this. Uh, antonmethod.com is, is my redirect. And that way I get credit when people sign up for it. Oh, I didn't that know course. that. Yeah. Then, then you earn it. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. And you know, the funny thing is the way it came up was before it was called Dropship Lifestyle. It had a different name, yeah. The name was 
four hour millionaires training. Oh my course. god. It was so cheesy that I refused <laughs> to call it that on the podcast. And I was like, just go to AntonMethod.com. <laughs> <laughs> and people were so happy that when they were telling their friends, but I remember the old slides like with uh, with palm tree and stuff. Yeah. I remember because I signed up very early, like two fourteen, two fifteen, something. Yeah, and it yeah. was crazy because I mean, so he came up with the name because um, he, you know, he had about the four hour work week, and he really was making a million dollars in sales from his store, and he was doing it while traveling. So he's like, oh yeah, this is great. You know, we call four hour millionaire <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, and then I just started referring to it as like, oh, Anton's method or the Anton method. And I decided, I was like, you know, I'm just going to buy the URL. It's, it's easier to send people to. And then if people sign up, I should get credit for it. And it's it's worked out. So I'm pretty happy with that. Yeah. I found it that way. So yeah. Yeah. So how I, did heard, you... I heard about Anton's course from you, basically, like from okay. your blog. So okay. thank you. <laughs> Yo, bitch. <soon. laughs> so like when you signed up for it, like, was it? Like, what was going through your head? Were you like, because I mean, how much, like, oh, that was, I, it was a couple of, exactly like, it was like a couple, remember, it was $997 back then. And I was like, okay, I think it's a bunch of now. money. Yeah. It's more now, but it's worth it. And also it's more content now. So I think it was 2015, early 15, when I first heard of it and I signed up and I was like, okay, first of all, it might be a ripoff. Yeah. You know, you never know. It's the internet. Right. So be careful. But on the other side, I was really curious and I was like, I, I want to see the content. And back then, I was living a pretty good life. I was spending a lot of money for things I didn't need. So I was like, okay, $900, $1,000. I just don't party for like one or two weeks and weekends. And I saved that kind of money. <laughs> Seriously. I'm not kidding. So that's what I did. I bought the course instead. And I started watching it and getting into it. Best decision ever. Nice. It took me quite long since until I, I really like started doing all that. But I... I started watching it. I started learning. I uh, started getting into it. My first store, a German store, uh, it's still up and running. Yeah. I gave it to a friend. <laughs> I'm sure he's happy with it. He's happy with it, yeah. It makes yeah. like between 500000 oh, nice. profit, I think. I'm not sure. It's a side hustle, you know. It's, yeah. uh, but you know what? It's so crazy that like this information is out there now. Like, Yeah. It's, you just have to use it. Yeah. I mean, like, imagine if you went to university and like, I think in Germany it's free university, free. right? Mm -hmm. But like in the U.S., like you have to pay like twenty grand a year or something to go, mm -hmm. and there's no guarantee you'll learn anything. <laughs> like there's no yeah. ROI. Like maybe you can get a better job, you know. And I'll tell you something with the content from the course. Uh, when I moved to Thailand, my 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 dropshipping stores wouldn't make money yet, or like not enough money. I was freelancing with that knowledge. I was building stores for others. Oh. I would help others just to to code or whatever. And I had all this knowledge from the course. And I still take clients from time to time, charging much more than back then. But uh, yeah, you can use it in many ways, the content. And nowadays, the content is great. Yeah, like Marketing yeah, so covers it. everything. You literally just have to follow the step. Yeah, it, like, it really insane. is like university. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many, like, I, from time to time, I go into the course and I try to watch, like, it again or, like, I see what's new. It's so much. You can never finish it. I don't have the time for that. But it's so, the content is good. It's you know, actually good. When I signed up for in 2013, there were nine videos. <laughs> and there How was many the, are there now? I don't even know. Oh, my God. I don't know. I mean, like, it was really small. <laughs> and it was like, he would show you things. He would give you the bait, the overview of it. Uh -huh. And then he'd be like, okay, just do it. And I was like... <laughs> I don't like, what do you mean do it? Like, <laughs> I don't really know how to do it. And luckily there were the forums, you know, that are, yeah. that are still popular. I think the private Facebook group gets more traffic, like more people kind of, you know, are excited on there. And people are very helpful. 
Yeah. Well, it's because yeah. I think when people spend, you know, $1,500 on a course and they're invested, they are like all the way in and they, they know that someone else paid $1,500. They want exactly. to help them if they can. Yeah. Versus, it's a great community. You know, versus like on the free forums or public forums. Oh, no Man, one People are so mean to each other. Yeah, I know. It's so different. I agree. Yeah. yeah. And so I have a thread on there uh, called my, what was it? My progress thread step by step. Did you ever see it? I did, but I don't remember in detail. I basically started filling out like as a daily journal everything I did when I started my sto- my first uh-huh. store, like step, literally step by step. And every time I had a, made a mistake, I would like write like, "Oh, I wish I would have done this two weeks earlier. I would have, you know, done this differently." And I think what's nice about the forum is you can just find that thread and then you can read the whole thing like a book. Yeah, and you just tell people, "Hey, the question you just asked me. Here's the link. Just read it. Yeah, I've, I've written it down." Yeah, you know, and it's, I think like the community having access to the journals like that and then all the new training, it really makes it worth it. Like, and honestly, if you paid me a thousand five hundred dollars just to teach you how to start a dropshipping store from scratch, I'm like, no, it's going to take me so many hours. (laughs) It's going to take me like a month to teach you. It's not like, it's not worth my time. Yeah. But if you guys go through the course and then you guys have all the basics and then we can just kind of help you with kind of the high level stuff. Like if you get stuck uh, choosing a niche or you're like, okay, these are my, you know, I wrote down my, my 20 or 30 possible niches. Can you kind of just, you know, like help us, help me narrow it down to the best one. Help me do the competitive research. Yeah. And all the like detailed questions when it actually comes to shipping, like high ticket drop shipping also always uh, very often means uh, freight shipments. That's a complex topic that many people are overwhelmed with when they start yeah i think yeah i think the biggest places people get stuck at is one just never starting at all Mm -hmm. right i can't help you with that if you guys don't want to do it or you guys are just you know twiddling your thumbs sorry right but once you guys commit you're like okay i'm actually going to do it the places that people get stuck is trying to choose a niche uh the second would be calling suppliers oh yeah the third would be starting your ads (laughs) And then I would say the fourth is actually usually after the first sale comes through and people are like, okay, I got it. But now I'm like freaking out because I don't know what to do. <laughs> but those are like, to me, those are like the fun four things. Like they're like, they're not that hard once you, once you get, like once you get through them, each of them, you can kind of look back and you're like, oh, why, why would I, was I stressing about that? Yeah. I think the hard part is actually later, like keep it running, scale it, grow it, decide uh, like which marketing tactic to use, which, how to price your items, how to like compete in, in a very, very competitive market. And yeah, to 18 is competitive for sure, yeah. but it's possible. Yeah. And I have to change my marketing and my tactic like all the time. Like I, yeah, there are ups and downs. Like I don't have the same numbers every month. Sometimes there is a bad month. That's just part of it. And um, then you have to adapt. You have to learn. You have to try something new. You have to try new marketing channels or change something. And you have to find what's what's the issue. Why are people not buying from me right now if they used to? And um, that's a big part of the game. Just Yeah. And that's what's exciting about having these mastermind partnerships is yeah. – Seeing how other people do it, that was yeah. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, like, what else did you like about being part of the partnership? Biggest part that I liked was the open sharing. Like, 10 people actually showing what they do. You could see exactly what works, what worked for them before. And then, of course, all of them kind of share, like, with other people outside also. So, they, they bring knowledge. Like, everyone brings knowledge inside the group. That was great. That was just amazing. 
and everyone had like different skills. Remember, like what's his name? Uh, forgot. Um, he was like super into coding and stuff. Like I, I was not very great at that. But what he did, what he showed us, I was like, oh my god, that's it's so simple. But I can do such great changes myself if I just know a few hacks, and that kind of stuff was very helpful. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Like everybody brought something like kind of different to the table. Yeah, maybe that's something I'll actually I'll have be part of the application like what like what skill what unique skill do they yeah. have whether it's design yeah. whether it's um, excel you know yeah. whether it's um you know being good at code or back end yeah. front end whatever it you is. don't need to know everything like every you can learn every single step but if you bring some kind of knowledge it's definitely going to help and it doesn't really matter what it is like some people can write others can can code yeah was yeah. it was it dylan that was good at coding dylan yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think Dylan's actually doing really well with his store. Yeah, he, he's one he of the kind ones of that disappeared. That's probably a good sign. <laughs> yeah, well, he moved back to Texas. Yeah, he did. Yeah, because I think it's for, for some family things, and he just never came back to, to uh -huh. Thailand. Yeah, and you know, I, I love the guy, and like I'm friend, you know, friends with him still. But I was like, man, like you just took all this knowledge, went back, your store's crushing it, and you just disappeared on us. <laughs> and I think that's why we were kind of restructuring the way the partnership's going to work this time because we want to make sure it's beneficial for everyone involved. So if you guys are willing to put in the work, you guys are willing to learn, willing to listen, you guys want to come out to Chiang Mai, I will do basically like we will do whatever it takes to, for you to succeed because it makes us succeed as well. So if you guys want to all do this together, uh, send an application. Go to johnnyfd.com. I'll kind of revise the last post with some some new updates for this year. Send an application. If you have any questions, you can ask in the comments on there. And we hope to see you out in Thailand. And we hope uh, we all get really rich from this because, you know, why, why not? Who right? doesn't want to? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Sebastian, thanks for coming on the show, yeah, man. Yeah, thanks for having fun. me. Thank you so, thank you so, so much. Let's go, fun. let's go open that First Sangsam. podcast ever. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. Nice. Well, this is a good one. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, dude, it is nice. Like, it is a nice feeling. Like, I, I really want to thank you, like, publicly – you know, for, for all your hard work. I have to say, thank you too. As you said it in your book, life changes quickly. Yeah. That's true. And everything's possible. It's, this life is amazing. Yeah. Like, so I'm glad you're, you're living it. I'm glad that we're able to share this and I'm glad that we can share this with all of you guys. Uh, so yeah, come out, johnnyfg.com and also tell your friends. If you know anyone who might be interested in this opportunity, you know, send them a link to this uh, podcast episode or a link to the blog. Uh, and I also want to quickly thank our sponsor for this week, HiPath. So if you guys want to come out to Thailand with carry-on only luggage, or you guys want to travel around, you can go to Amazon, type in H-Y-P-A-T-H, and you can find the two-in-one luggage. And you can also use the code JohnnyFD for 10% off. So once again, it's HiPath, H-Y-P-A-T-H on Amazon. See all of you guys next week. Bye-bye. Ciao, ciao. Thank you for listening to the Travel Like a Boss podcast. If you want to hear more, including the bonus, how to choose the perfect niche episode, join our mailing list at travellikeabosspodcast.com. See you next week. And remember, if you want to travel like a boss, you need to be your own boss. So start your online business today and start living the lifestyle you've always dreamed of.